Welcome to the Art Chatter Podcast, a fortnightly window into the working lives of two artists, Karen George and Gaynor Leverett Jakes. Join us for our chats as we mix up friendship and art and inspiration for artists and art lovers alike. Welcome along to episode 35 of Art Chatter, where today Gaynor and I are going to be chatting about how versatile we are. Artists are marvellous, aren't they? <laughs> well, we are. <laughs> yeah, of course we are. <laughs> I, yeah. Anyway, hi, Karen. Hello. I shouldn't have said how that, should I? <laughs> of course you should. We're amazing. <laughs> if we don't say it, nobody else is going to, are they? <laughs> Yeah, um, actually, on that note, can I just say hi to all those people who've joined us recently? Because <laughs> our numbers in the last two, well, two or three months have jumped quite significantly and that's really oh, nice. Oh, fantastic. I know. And I, I meant to tell you, sorry, oops. Yeah. Um, yes, they've jumped and just to say hi. And if you'd like to subscribe, do, because then we'll just automatically come into your inbox, I guess. Yeah. So it's not subscribe, it's follow isn't it on i don't know on spotify and um apple they're the biggest numbers we've got um but there are a few others that we're on but obviously people who are on those alternative things know where we are i don't know anyway it just shows how everybody shows how technical we are i know yeah (laughs) we're like i don't know what we're doing it's fine and you know we basically are just doing this because people have given us so much it's paying it forward or paying it back. We're paying it back. Forward, or paying, whichever. whatever. Yeah, yeah, anyway, it's it's our jolly old gift to you. Yeah, just sharing what we do. We like talking to each other and we share what we do. So yeah. uh, I heard um, the Happy Place podcast this morning with Craig David speaking to Fern Cotton. Mm-hmm. And I really liked the idea that he was saying he's just sharing, he's just got a new book out or something. And he was saying that... Um, he doesn't see himself as like an elite musician. He's just sharing stuff because he's experienced things along the way. And it just means that if he if shares it, other people can see they're just journeying along with him. And I, I kind of liked that. And I thought, well, actually, that kind of fits us on Art Chatter, Karen and I, because we're just journeying artists. And as we go along the road, we'll learn stuff and pass things back. And it's the same thing. So I quite like that. So I'm going to steal it from Craigie David. That's a good Craig one. Craigie David. Like he always used to sing his name in his songs, didn't he? Mm. I haven't yeah. listened to him. I've, I've, vaguely, I've got something of Craig David's, but I can't remember. I'm not. Yeah. yeah. He used to be on the radio a lot. Anyway, he's, um, yeah. Anyway. anyway, we digress. I digress. <laughs> Completely. <laughs> Jinx. As you do. <laughs> yeah. I just thought after such a busy month, I think sometimes you have to sort of stand still and actually sort of think, give yourself a pat on the back at how much you've actually done. I know. It's crazy, isn't it? So, what have you done? 
What have you been doing, Karen? Well, it's more the the variety of things mm. I've been doing, and um, yeah. and being able to turn turn my hand to things. And I think that's something I often forget. And when you're, for example, I I put together things for the Cam Valley Arts Trail, so I'm designing things on InDesign and Photoshop and Illustrator. One minute. And then I'm sort of doing Instagram posts the next for, for Cam Valley. And then sort of you're asking for help from people that maybe haven't even done these things. And so, you know, you, you forget how versatile you are, or I am. Yeah. Yeah. And I think initially, I mean, when I first, I remember it was, I think it was Ottilie and Hooken, um, the artist who set me up on Instagram a few years ago. Um, actually go and look at her work because she's I gorgeous. I didn't know that she said yeah. you on Instagram. Yeah, it was the first, oh, way back when, the first Christmas um, Bath Humbug that we did, yeah. which is a collaboration of several artists kind of associated with the Studio 44 AD. And Ottiline was straight out of her degree, I think maybe a master's course, and she was talking about she'd put things, she'd film something and put it on Instagram and she said you should have a look at it and follow it and share it. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And so <laughs> she explained to me how to set it up. So I think at that point I set Instagram up and didn't know really what to do with it. And then it was the following year speaking to other artists and they showed me a bit more of how to do stuff. And then... I kind of got the hang of it myself. I realised that actually I couldn't do anything much wrong because if it was wrong, I'd just delete it or edit it. And so as you start doing these things that terrify you, it's, well, what was I thinking? Why was I bothered? Why was I worried about that? Um, and also I didn't really want to be seen. I was like, oh, no. But then you get to the stage where you just own it, don't you? Yeah. So, well, this is me. You don't care anymore. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like, and it was like, it. I, don't, I don't really care. This is, yeah, this is yeah. just what I'm doing. And and I think that's when you're very genuine. But you do learn a lot. So what have you, you, have you been teaching other people how to do the media stuff and the publishing stuff and all that sort of thing as your role as chair? Um, we have done in the past, not recently. I've been mm. trying to sort of give step-by-step instructions on, you know, how to retreat, you know, how to even like copy and paste from a website. Okay. How to how to copy an image, how to save an image from your phone to your camera roll and that sort of thing, mm. which because you use it, you remember how to do it. But if you haven't yeah. done it for a while, like anything, I imagine... You, if you're not using it on a regular basis, you forget. Mm. And I think that's the thing that, you know, when you are doing it yourself, you need to remember that not everybody's using it on a day-to-day basis. So to be forgiving and mm. accept that people are trying the best they can in, you know, what they're... sort of When people are trying to help, they mm. maybe don't have that sort of working knowledge of something, but they're still trying to help and they're just at an earlier stage of picking up those skills and sort of, you know, applying them. Absolutely. I think generosity of spirit is so important Mm. because, you know, not... I didn't know how to do stuff and I know how to do the things I use frequently. 
And that's how you get used to it. But if you're not doing it on a regular basis, it is, like you say, a bit kind of, well, it can be a bit intimidating, especially if you're doing it for somebody else. Mm. If you're doing it for yourself, I think you think, oh, screw it. If I make a mistake, I've made a mistake. But if you're doing it for somebody else, it, it feels like a bigger deal. It does. Often. It, it shouldn't do, but it does. It's because you care. It's because yeah. you, you want to do a good job mm. and all that sort of thing. Yeah. And also, you know, you see kids um, just flicking away on the parents' phone. I mean, I mean babies. I don't mean right. teenagers. I mean... <laughs> they have like, their own phones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, 12-month-olds just watching YouTube videos or, you know, knowing which buttons to press. I know that when I speak to my great nieces or nephews and they're holding their parents' phones, they know which buttons to press and how to flick you, you know, one to the next. Um, and it's instinctual for them, the same way as it was for us olders, oh, olders, elders, <laughs> wise women, I don't know, crones. How do you describe <laughs> it? <laughs> when you get over 35 um, or over 50, like I am, um, you know, we knew how to use the telly in the video when we were kids and our parents would rely on us. And now we're relying on other people's grandchildren, which is terrifying. But there's a whole level of experience and there's kind of this nice band across the middle, you know, of, of experience. And it's, it goes both ways, doesn't it? Yeah, I was going to say, there are some things I have done and mm. then I think I can't remember how I did it. Oh, dear God, yes. I know. I've got lists of them. It's sort of setting up like digital galleries. You know that online mm. gallery we did last year? Was it last year or the year before really last? Cool. Mm. I found like a login for it and I thought, oh, <laughs> I don't know if I could do that again now. So what <laughs> I've started to do is I've actually set up a Trello board yeah, account. Nice. Just the free one. Mm. And I'm setting up... Um, you have different boards for different subjects. May I just say, can you explain what Trello is, please? It's sort of like a, I mean, this is a real technical way of explaining it. It's an online sort of to-do list, almost, organisation platform. Mm. that You can share, I suppose, boards um, with other people. It's a way that you can get input from other people but you can just have them on your own so I'm using yeah. them on my own and I'm just yeah. using the free version where um and I'm just really early days for me so this is going to be very basic but I've managed to create boards and you create lists on your boards and then under each list or under each note I don't know the terminology you can have different little sections so little cards so for example I've started a um, a board about materials and suppliers. Mm. And so one I might have, it might be supplies, and I've listed sort of framing suppliers, and you can actually get a direct link, like a hyperlink through to the websites. That's useful. And I thought it's a good place to put down how to, how did I, you know, so when I've done it, mm. I'll then type out what I've done. <laughs> That's so a that really good idea. I can just go back and so say, right, okay, where's that bit about? Because mm. I have I have all these notebooks. You know, I'm a mm. fan of notebooks. And okay. I tend to write everything in these notebooks. But the problem mm. is, when you've got several notebooks <laughs> <laughs> and you can't remember which year you actually did that thing, 
you end up spending forever going through page by page thinking, I know I made a note of that somewhere, yeah. how I did it, what, you know, that sort of like a little flow diagram, press this, click on that, you know. Yeah. And so I'm now going to be, as I refresh myself with things that I've forgotten, put it onto this Trello system. That's a really good idea. Well, then I know because it's there. I, well, I do tend to write lists or notes for myself and I'm a great user of notes in my phone mm-hmm. um, or my iPad. But then I forget where they are. And I've also got a notebook. So I might use the notebook or I might use the phone or I might use my iPad. Exactly. And so if I had, yeah, I think that's actually probably a good idea. I may well be jumping onto Trello later. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there are other platforms out there like it, but... Yeah. I think I heard this one through, I don't know, Art Juice or something years ago. Or it feels like yeah, years probably. ago. It feels, feels yeah. a while anyway. Yeah. I thought if I don't, then I'm going to be running round in circles mm. trying to sort of find things. And the same, um, the other thing I'm trying to do, and it's not for that I can't do it, because this is it, we're talking about versatility. Mm. Um I can organise myself. I'm quite an organised person. But when it comes to... Well, actually, saying that when I can't find anything, that doesn't sound very organised, does it? <laughs> I get things done despite the way I work. Yeah. Um, but I often sort of finding things on the computer, you know you've written a CV, but where have you put it? <laughs> oh, now, I'm really good at organising folders and files. Are you? On laptops ipad yeah i've got all of my my even on my iphone my apps are in kind of little sections i've got little blocks of like if i've got um photo apps yeah to change things i've got them all in the same little section so i'm good at putting folders in together yeah i have got that on my phone but i'm not very good at putting folders on the computer I mean, I'll download something and need it. And then because it's related to an InDesign um, file that I haven't yet saved as a PDF, if I move the location of that photograph from the downloads to the proper file, I've then got to relink it to my InDesign file. That's very technical. It is technical. So... To solve that problem, I've just been leaving everything in downloads, but there's thousands okay. of things in there. And really what I should have done at the start is have the discipline of downloading it, putting it in the right file, and then... At the atta- time. Yeah, at the time, and then yeah. attaching it to my my file. Let's just say top tip, everybody. Oh, <laughs> goodness me. But, the, but I'm sure there are hours that I've wasted looking for things. And having a, I suppose, a declutter... Mm. Um, would be really useful and it's just finding that time to sort of it do it. Is. So I'm doing it bit by bit. I'm not addressing it all at once. Yeah, I'm just, I also get where yeah. I've got to though. <laughs> well, I think it's, I wouldn't, I don't think I'm going to necessarily reorganise everything on there, but I'm starting sort of from anything I'm doing now, mm. I'm starting to sort of put in the right files and then if there's a couple of other things nearby, I'll put those in the right file at the same time. Mm. And then I can sort them all out in, a little bit later. But I don't know. It sounds very positive. It is. That's yeah. what I sort of have to say, you know. Mm. 
I think it's called desperation. I can't find well, anything. There is that. Desperation. Uh, what's, yeah. what's that phrase? Um, necessity is the mother of invention, isn't mm. it? That's <laughs> so what it is. When you need it, it's kind of right. I'm going to have to do it now. <laughs> I've been versatile in a different way this week. Yeah. Because I ordered some very nice, high quality um, panels, painting panels. Oh, is this, panels, is this cradled. your exhibition? Yeah, I've got a show that starts at the beginning of November and runs November, December and January. It's coming up. It is. And so I'm in a state of palette. So in August, I ordered five panels. And the estimated arrival time was within a week. So I thought, that's fine, because mm -hmm. I've got time to prep them, do them, and get to painting on the boards, working on a series. And... Three of them arrived about two weeks ago. So that was kind of... That's late already. Already late. Mm -hmm. And then the final two have yet to arrive. And we are talking, um, we are now, I don't know, a couple of... Really, about, I need everything to dry. Yeah, we're at the start, we're at the first week of October. You need Yeah, it. so we're in, in October. <laughs> this this podcast will go out next week. So we're a few days ahead of... We, yeah. we record a few days ahead of when it, it goes out. And so... I had to have a cut-off date because I've been working in oil and cold wax mm -hmm. for most of the work. I had to have a cut-off point of the end of September to give it a full month to dry. I can frame it, but I can't hang and send it out. It needs a full month to cure, yeah. really. So everything from this week onwards has been... I'm working in acrylic again. So talk about versatility because I got used to working one way and then all of a sudden I was back to um, nice acrylics, <laughs> nice acrylics, sitting on my tray with a nice white, going from mixing oil and cold wax on glass, yeah, um, mixing um, palettes, which I, you know, mm -hmm. the glass palette that I've got is, I don't know, it was a pound from Ikea or something. And I just painted the back grey so that it's got a nice neutral colour behind it so I can see the the colour pure yeah. and so now I'm back to a wet palette of a tea tray with my blue wet cloth and then the icing the what do you call it the waterproof paper that you cook uh, with baking like paper baking paper yeah or greaseproof yeah. paper yeah greaseproof paper on top and mixing my acrylics but of course because they are a metre square I am mixing up, I'm virtually troweling it on at the moment. So I'm working, so it's a very different way of working, um, but it's great fun. Do you, so do you actually mix on your wet palette? Yeah, I mix on the uh, the grease-through paper. Do you not find that using a palette knife on that, the paper tears? Because I find that the paper tears when I use a palette no, I, knife. If I use grease-proof, if I use the paper that you get in artists um you know from amazon or from jackson's or anything that pulls yeah as soon as it's sitting on the wet um paper beneath but if i use greaseproof paper it's and it, it's quite a heavy duty one it actually holds really well when i'm mixing i think i'm just too heavy-handed then also i kind of lift i, I almost use I always mix like a, a concrete mixer I think I kind of scoop it all up yeah and put it down and mix and scoop and mix and scoop so I kind of flip it you can't see the actions everybody <laughs> but I kind of she's making a pancake 
<laughs> yeah, I go underneath it and kind of do turn it, kind you turn of it. yeah turn yeah. So I kind of turn it in like you'd make a meringue almost, as mm-hmm. opposed to whisking something. Yeah. Or stirring something. So I, I fold it in. I fo- that's the phrase, isn't it? That's the cooking phrase. I fold the paint in together and then I lift from other bits and fold it all in again. Because I have my paint on a wet palette. Yeah. But I'll then scoop a bit and put it onto another palette to mix. But how do you then put it onto the wet palette again? I don't. I use it up. So I don't make loads and loads and loads. Oh, I see. Right. So I will mix and I mix, I suppose I mix quite a lot on the board as well. Yeah. Rather than, I don't mix a specific colour generally. Mm. Well, I do, I do, but a lot of the mixing becomes on the board as well. So it's a yeah. bit, of a, bit of a mixed process. Ah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, I do, I, but I, one of the, the pleasures for me of painting is mixing colour. Mm. I love it. And it's just such a, you know, most of the colours that I create, I do actually have, I do take it from different colours. I don't necessarily buy mm-hmm. a specific colour. I'll, I'll mix and mix and mix, like I think you do as well, don't you? Yeah, I do mix, but I don't, I don't, I suppose I mustn't mix in such quantities. You do work really thick compared to me though, don't you? I do. I use an awful lot of paint. That might be the difference. Yeah. And sometimes maybe. I don't even use the wet palette and I'll just have it on my um, glass I've got an old window, as a, an old double glazed window as my painting mm. palette. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> With a bit of white paper underneath so that, it, you know, I haven't, pa- haven't got a nice, I haven't painted or anything, it's just a bit of white paper underneath so I can <laughs> see the colour through. <laughs> That's good though. Different That's sort of recycling to the, to the max, yeah. you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But but I, I, was, oh, I just mix yeah. up so much. I was, I was um, doing a workshop yesterday teaching mm. acrylic how to you know, do t- different textures and effects. Right, tell me, tell me what paint. I need to do while I'm doing acrylics. Come well, on, it'll be really, well, it's just, it's different how you use it. I mean, obviously I'm just sharing how I use it and what you mm. can do. So I was talking about glazing and talking about sort of different mediums that you can add to sort of increase the thickness and sort of, I suppose, more impasto effects mm. um, and sort of even let people try these sort of different sands and things like that. But sort of, and in how you'd sort of paint quite freely, I mm. think that's it. It's sort of, it's the approach I was teaching, I suppose, as well as the techniques. Yeah. So that when you start, I mean, it was quite funny because I was saying, you know, don't worry about your first layer, just put down any colour you want. Mm. And, they were, and they were looking at their maybe seascape picture they'd brought along with them. Mm. as inspiration I said well choose a colour that's not there mm. you know just get something down doesn't matter if you you can turn it round afterwards it doesn't matter you know just yeah. get it down oh I said just give it a go just give it a go and, and it was almost the reticence of just yeah. trying something different and yeah, you know I just putting it that. on but they did appreciate you know in terms of layering that you can see layers coming through yeah absolutely little, little hints and glim- glimpse of the the colors beneath the layers beneath i do i do exactly what you've said i often start even under oil paints actually because sometimes you know just to give because sometimes a white panel can be a bit off-putting to me so i'll sometimes just throw a color down that i've 
in acrylic that I've bought and is a mistake. Oh, so and you're I'll, making use of it. Making use of it. Yeah. Um, and also putting, and often, a really high contrast colour. Do you have uh, Like one, an orange. Do you, do you have, like, one sort of, like, flat colour you put on? Base colour. Base colour. No, not usually. It'll be two or three. Right, okay. Because I, I sort of just said, just use any colours, not cover it all in one colour. It was sort of like yeah. just using colours and trying different glazes and different use different implements and, you mm. know, thin brushes, fat brushes, just a, you know, palette knives, just to get different effects mm. on that underlayer before yes. they even thought about moving on. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely do that. And often mm-hmm. I will, um, you know, have quite a heavy, do that first layer or part of the first layer, not all of it, with like a heavy acrylic medium. We're talking about acrylics now. Um, yeah. So that I've got a body to go on to. Right. So to create some sort of texture over the top. Ah. So it will sit over it and give me kind now, of a little it, bit of something to almost fight against. Is that, if you're working in oils and cold wax, you do that? Or do you do it for both if you then carry on with acrylics I as well? Often, yeah, I often do it for both. And, you know, the difference with acrylics, well, I suppose in oil and cold wax too, is I will often then use sandpaper to go back through the layers yeah. and find out what sits underneath. And, you know, I do, for larger pieces, as you know, <laughs> have a proper electric sander, which I do love playing with. Um, but most of the time, yes, yeah, so I, if I've got something to go against, then it does create that nice bit of interest for me. Mm. Um, do, you yeah, ever get, so. do you ever get to a point in your painting where mm. you think, that's it, it's totally going wrong yeah yeah i'll be interesting (laughs) i just i just saw i just have to mention this because um i thought it was really interesting well Mm. actually it made me laugh when i saw it i was watching a reel by um an artist called um julie forrester clark and it she was she did a reel and i think you should all have a look at it actually and she had had a piece of work on canvas Mm. and she held it up and the the little sort of, what do you call it, little um, caption Caption was, what do you do when a painting has gone, what you do when a painting goes wrong? Mm. And so you've seen, I don't know about you, but I've seen loads and loads on Instagram where people sand back, they, mm. they gesso all over, they turn it upside down, they paint another colour over it. Yep. They get, you know, so there's all that variety. Different ways of rescuing. Different, different ways. And the next scene with um, Julie was her grabbing a Stanley knife and slicing the painting (laughs) down the middle. And I just thought, priceless, absolutely priceless. And I just thought, that's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. There was a comment, um, I didn't read the original comment, but one of her replies was, yes, if I'm working on board, I will sand back, but with canvas... (laughs) Um, this one had um, reached the end and uh, it wasn't going anywhere. <laughs> it had anywhere. to go. <laughs> it had to go. And I just thought, brilliant. Oh. But it's just, you know, it just, you know, in those times when everyone's so very serious about how they're doing their work and, yeah. you know, sharing processes and everything, there are occasions where you think that is going in the bin, on the bonfire. It's, that's it. I've had enough. But slicing it, it must have been 
so much pleasure <laughs> just oh, getting rid just of it. Just imagine. That's just, <laughs> some of them are just, I have got pieces that are old and they're still on my drying rack and I keep thinking, I wonder if I can ever rescue that. But to be honest, I think I just should just chuck some of them. I have to say, when I was doing the workshop yesterday, mm. um, I was trying to say, look, don't worry about, if you don't finish this today, I mean, they all did, Mm. Um, if you don't finish today, you can come back to it. And I said, look, I've got loads. And I dragged out a couple of, like a stack of maybe a dozen mm. sort of pieces. And I held them up. And one of them, I thought, actually, that's mm. not bad. <laughs> I'd, forgot, I'd forgotten I'd got it. And I thought, oh, I better keep that one out. I can, I can see something in it now. Yeah, <laughs> so, so fresh like, eyes. Oh, yeah, that's not too bad. That's not, that's not as, you know, I'd obviously been working on it and then got sidetracked and gone off on a different tangent. Yeah. And this one obviously was just sat there. But I just thought, actually, I'm going to work on that one now, which was just, I said, well, that just shows don't ever throw any of your work away. Yeah. <laughs> just or take a knife to it. Or take a knife to it. Yeah. Oh. So what did you learn from the attendees yesterday? Do you learn stuff from them as well? You do in terms of explaining things. You know, if anything's right. not quite clear, you note which bits that you need to just clarify a bit more. So yeah. it's you know, much clearer. But we had three of us in our studio, three plus me in my studio, so it was really yeah. quite tight. Mm. Um, but the value of a demonstration is worth its weight. You know, it really, it, yeah. it, it is because no matter how much you actually say you know, do this, if you show mm. them what to do. Yeah, it makes all the difference. It does, it does. Mm. And just making sure you encourage them and that everyone's a little bit wobbly at the start and, you know, they don't, you know, they're a bit unsure about what to do, whether they're, they've got the right skills and you're just reassuring them, saying, you're fine, you don't need to have any, you just, mm. you know, just bring what you've got, you'll be fine. Do you block out, you know, when you're actually starting a painting? Mm -hmm. For example, if I'm doing, oh, way back, it's, it's been a while since I've done anything too representational. But if I was doing, an, I don't know, a lemon or something similar, mm -hmm. I'd block out where they would be and where the light will sit. So you do the composition, basically so you do I'd the composition. Do, yeah, the composition. Do you do that when you're working? Because now I'm far more freestyle. Um, no, I've never done that as I'm oh, wow. working. No, I paint mm. and then, I mean, I'll maybe do that process in a sketchbook. Right. But I won't decide on a composition. I do a series of mock-ups and sketches mm. sort of leading from maybe sketches that I'd done in situ. Yeah. And I'll be exploring ideas and compositions in the sketchbook. Yeah. I will discount I'll maybe say no to some you know sort of don't like this or whatever to mm. some of them but there mm. may be about half a dozen that I think are quite like those yeah the main thing that I do do is decide roughly where my horizon line is going to be so whether it's going to be a high horizon or a low horizon because yeah. in the past I mean I'm talking years and then mm. you know it's very easy to end up with your horizon line in the middle of the canvas. Yeah. If it's there on purpose and it's, it's there fine. for a reason, fine. You're making a statement. But if it's just, 
you've just you know got carried away and you're slapping some colour on and everything and then you stand back and your and horizon you think, grows yeah your horizon's sort of floated up into the sky and you yeah. suddenly realize actually it's right in the middle now and compositionally it's rubbish yeah. <laughs> so to avoid that i do consciously think right i'm going to have the horizon line high horizon line yeah low and it yeah. might be after that could that's decision could be made after I've maybe done my initial layers right okay to see which way everything's flowing mm. because you don't want to sort of stifle a fantastic sky just because you've chosen that you're going to have a high horizon that Mm. time you can sort of if a fantastic sky has emerged you'll have a low horizon in that one yeah absolutely so go go with it yeah and do you have a favorite color to lay down first you know we were talking about that base layer of yeah, it's all prepped and you've got your first I chuck don't, it on down. No, I don't have a when I work on a base layer, it's not necess, I might introduce a, a different colour, like a, a bright I don't know, say orange for the sake of argument. Mm. Mm. Um I might stick a, have that in my mix on the right. palette, but I don't yeah. paint with one colour or mm. a series of colours for my base coat and then change to another mm. set. It will just maybe, maybe for example, I might have a really bright orange in the lower layers, but then yep. use maybe a burnt sienna will be in the... So tonally... Tonally, I, I take it. the edge off, mm. but you still see it links through with the... Yeah. The colour links Absolutely. through. So, mm. but you do by sounds of it. Oh, gosh. I've been known to put, think, oh, I'll never use this cerise pink anywhere I mean I would because obviously I paint flowers sometimes as well um I'll just use this and I'll literally just chuck it straight from the bottle straight onto all the tube straight onto the thing uh, onto the palette the oh gosh my words have gone canvas onto the canvas yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, talk about forgetting things onto the canvas or the panel Mm -hmm. and just let that dry so it's it's kind of a real you know, or an, a nasty yellow that I've got that I think I don't know how I can ever mix that to improve it. I'll chuck that on as well. But it's often stuff I'll use up. But they make really interesting pull-throughs, if you know mm. what I mean. So when yeah. I do um, scrape back or sand yeah. back or whatever, that will be a really interesting little tiny chink of something different underneath. So I don't actually mind what I put underneath and it often won't lead anywhere. I'll then go with painting on top. So I do use I do use acrylic inks. Yeah, I on do. Lovely, lower, I? On lower layers. Oh, on lower layers. Yeah, I'll, I'll um I like to do a wash because I yeah. I tend to work quite th- really quite thin to start with. Yeah, and I can just put a, a wash of color on, whether mm. it's a glaze of acrylic, a thin glaze yeah. of acrylic, or. I've quite liked the Indian yellow. I've got an Indian yellow acrylic ink. I quite like mm. putting that one on. Um, but, you know, it just depends where you are, what you're actually doing. Yeah. So which tools do you favour? Because I know you're, I think you're a fan of the palette knife, aren't you? I do like a palette knife, but I do use it in combination with a brush. So oh. each piece I'll apply with the palette knife and I will have couple of other brushes to brush out bits that I want to soften mm. um sometimes it's a dry brush I'm well a lot of the time it's a dry brush I'm using or a damp yeah. brush um but I do I 
I do actually I do actually use brush to apply acrylic as well. Oh, fancy. <laughs> Novel, hey? Yeah, no, so I do, but I, I do favour sort of, I think it's called a flat brush. I'll hold it up so you can tell me if I'm right or wrong. One of those. Yes, it is. Yeah. So it's kind of about an inch wide and very flat. Yeah, like a flat top. Mm. I quite like those flat top brushes yeah. rather yeah. than sort of like the fil- filbert ones. I'm not sure mm. if that's the right word. Yeah. The ones that are curvy like that. Yes, so, so rounded gonna, at the top. Yeah, like round, I'm, yeah, I'm not as keen on the rounded ones at the top. Mm. And mm. I, I quite like that because it gives more choppy, a choppy feel to the painting. Yeah, yeah. But, you know... Yeah, it's interesting because obviously I've been using when you when you work in oil and cold wax, mm-hmm. often the tool, the predominant tool, will be a silicon bowl scraper from oh, the right. kitchen. Ah, yeah, I know. There you go. So I've ended up using that with acrylics as well. I really like the effect. Oh, so you know one. I use, I use I use like a bit of card, or is it like a glorified credit card? It's better than that because it's silicon. So what's the difference between so using a credit card? I think a credit a... card is quite hard plastic. Is it's it because it doesn't solid. Bend? Yeah, uh, but the silicon one kind of goes with it and gives a nice softness as you ah. kind of... I'm doing a spreading motion like I'm spreading butter, everybody. Yeah. Um, and it's it's got a real gentleness to it, whereas I think um, a credit card is, is very quite harsh for what I would be, would be doing. Um, but with, so you, but you can use a credit card, and I, I do have heavier plastic that I yeah. will make marks with. Um, but I really like the, the feel of the, the silicon kind of bowl scraper sort of I, thing. It's really nice. Yeah, I do use a, like a, a roller, a brayer. Yes, um, which partic- is something I always forget the name of. Yeah, I mean, I've always referred to them as rollers, but it's like the hard roller. Yeah, yeah, almost like um, a printer's inking. Yeah, roller. one of those. I like mm. like using one of those. Yeah, um, particularly early early on, just to cover the yeah. canvas and sort of yeah. putting it on like that. Mm. But I do enjoy standing when I paint. I stand. Yeah, I do. Particularly with, with small pieces, I'll be mm. maybe seated. But with larger pieces, I will definitely be standing. So anything from sort of 40 centimetres square up mm. I will stand and move so you can you know so you, it's more gestural isn't it sort of if you can yeah, get very a much. whole sort of movement your body movement sort of um we're getting an exercise routine in today know. you know and I'm, do you know what? It's, it's no wonder massage therapists do really well out of artists because depending if you're left or right handed often that that movement by the end of the day <laughs> your shoulders are killing you. Um, and I don't know how ceramicists do it because they're they all in, aren't they? That's the whole body thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, not me, no. I think every artist should have a friend that they know they can go to for a massage. I mean, a qualified, mass, you know, person. Because um, it makes such a difference to have your mm. muscles pummeled a bit every now and again. We should maybe have like a little alarm and sort of do some sort of exercises, you know, a bit like if you're sat at a computer all day and alarm goes off and you can get up and you just sort of stretch. Move about a bit. Move mm. about or change where you look. So your eye mm. eye sort of focus, change that. Maybe, yeah. we should, you know, artists should have a, 
a right okay it's time to stretch the upper way shimmy shimmy time (laughs) Karen I don't know about you but I can take a cup of tea into my um, studio and forget it's there so the thought of an alarm going off and actually having to move in a different way I do I have noticed I've been working quite long hours until about eight o'clock in the evening the last um few days few weeks really um and I've noticed I need an Epsom salt bath when I get in because my feet are killing me <laughs> you sound like an old lady I am oh. an old lady I feel like one sometimes it's, you think, oh, yeah, you say to people, oh, yeah, I paint. And they go, oh, that's very nice. It's all very sedate. And then you realise you're an Instagram person. You're a podcaster. I need serious exercise routine to cope with my shoulders. <laughs> it's, it's, it's everything. It is. And it's also, it's you're tying it up with everything else you do in life as well. Yeah. It's, yeah. You're an artist, but you... You know, chauffeur to your children, your um, dog walker. Yeah, feed the cat, do the washing. You know, yeah. everything. But it's all those. I, 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 I don't know. Since actually becoming an artist, realizing that art isn't all just art, and realizing there's loads of skills you achieve and acquire along the way. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think the podcast has taught me how to talk about my work easier with other people. So when you are sharing your work, Mm -hmm. being able to chat with people, they do want to know that you do a weird underlayer. You know, people want to know those silly things because you're letting them into into your secret and they get you as an artist. They're like, oh, really? Yeah, there's maybe, you know, 20 layers of paint on that. Wow, really? And, you know, the things you do... People want to know. They want to understand whatever your process may be. It, you know, people engage with that and they, they find it an interesting thing to hear. I know I know that when I sort of finish up the workshops each time, I say, well, I'll, obviously I'll follow up with an email hmm. and I'll be including a materials list for you so that I'll go through what we did during the day and I'll say what we used. And everyone is just amazed that you're willing to share that beyond the workshop. Oh. You know, because you know, you want to spend the workshop doing rather than just writing yeah. notes, don't you? Absolutely. So it would be from the supplier of the acrylic paper that I've used or they yeah. used on the day and just say there are others available, you know. Yeah. I get mine from here, you know. Yeah. If you need this, go here, you know, and all those things that when you start off as an artist, you know, take ages. I, I even said, I was saying to them, um, when mm. I first started painting in acrylics, I painted with um, a friend and we both used the backs of cereal packets. <laughs> the car- well, why not? Well, we didn't have any you know, money. Yeah. Um, well, we didn't have money to waste, put it that way. And yeah. when you're starting any art, you know, you've got all the materials to buy and the paint. Yeah. I picked a, a really limited palette from you know shop so I had maybe Mm. one blue one yellow one red you know just kept it really basic um and then also bought canvases from the pound shop yeah I did that way back when really really I mean Mm. wouldn't dream of it now but at that stage when you were just getting familiar with the medium Mm. having something robust enough as a bit of cardboard rather than a piece of paper to paint Mm. on 
Yeah. And it was, you know, effectively recycling. Yeah. And you're not wasting, you know, it's, you're mm. not wasting paper. You're yeah. recycling a bit of cardboard. You Absolutely. could paint a bit more freely and just go through lots of bits of cardboard mm. rather than thinking, oh, I've got to buy another acrylic paper pad or, you know. Yeah. Just uh, as a, um, you know, a great fun exercise to do just to free yourself up. I think that's a great idea. Using the back of a bit of cereal packet. It's really handy. I have to say, knowing what I know now, mm-hmm. I would always say, buy the best you can afford. Oh, to yes. actually yeah. use to sell. Yeah. Because it makes such a difference in the way you work with paints, the way they react to what you want them to do and the mediums you know Definitely. i think we all get favorites yeah. but you know the more the more you use the more you realize the ones you like the thinner paints and the thicker and the heavier mediums and you know all those different things it makes a difference and you appreciate the strength of pigment in certain yeah. paints that, absolutely you know the cheaper brands don't have yeah, or they don't have richness and they, or they don't have the same color palette uh, range mm, that you'd have yes. or that they're not as light fast as you know the more expensive yes. paints no certainly yeah. but when you're getting going and you're just doing it for enjoyment's sake yeah and you're practicing technique and yeah, you're just spreading fun. it around and having fun with it and just kind of yeah. learning what you you can do mm. and the way you like to move because i you've got to be honest i quite like kind of using a palette knife and spreading things around like thick butter you know that is one of my i love the texture of paint i love it and that's why i think i enjoy mixing up my own colors so much it's just that richness and the depth isn't it well you've stumbled on the correct career path there gainer oh geez i love being an artist (laughs) i may never be rich but i'll always be happy (laughs) And if we could all have that, you know, what more do we need? Oh, yeah, exactly. We're very, very lucky. Mm. Right. So what are you up to this week then, Missy? I'm busy still prepping for another workshop. It's a... Oh, wow. You're really into workshop season. Yeah, well, it's just a good couple of weeks of workshops. And I've got um, quite a lot of people coming to one this coming weekend. And uh, Nice. Yeah, just making sure I'm prepped and got everything ready so it's all all nice and smooth running on the actual day. Yeah. Uh, what about you? Yeah. I am in solitary confinement mode. I <laughs> walk the dog, or my husband walks the dog, and I am in that studio. And bless him, my lovely husband is working from home at the moment and has actually been known to come out and say to me, you need to stop. I've made you a cup of tea and it's in the kitchen. So I have to leave just to walk away for a few minutes. And he's been like today, he was like, there's an omelette, which he isn't comfortable actually cooking. But he said, I've prepared the mushrooms. I've mixed up the eggs. All you need to do is put it in the pan, but it needs to be happened now because my lunch is ready. So I was like, right, okay. And, you know, so... I am kind of leaping in, having a mushroom omelette and a bit of salad, and then literally going back out into the studio. And painting every day is just such... I know it's a luxury. It's an absolute joy, and I feel very privileged to get to do it, actually. Um, But I am loving it. And I'm trying not to look at the oil and cold wax paintings until they're dry, 
because I can't fiddle about with them now, um, for me to do some finishing touches and then do the final buffering of buffing, I think it is rather than buffering actually, um, buffing of the, the actual put some more wax on and give it a bit of a sheen. So, yes. Well, I'm looking forward to when I can actually just sort of come over to you and try oil and wax, yeah. oil and wax. And I might even book onto one of your acrylic workshops and get to learn techniques because we all get stuck in our ways, I think. It's well, very I think, easy. I think this is it. I mean, I'm doing one for, you know, just as an aside, this is, I'm doing a workshop for an art group and mm. they will be all established artists. And so I will mm. be only showing them different approaches to what yeah. they maybe do already. Maybe there's yeah. some bits they'll be able to combine with what, what they do. Yeah, I think after I get this show on the road, so to speak, I, I've i got this real hankering to work in some charcoal. Ooh. I love what I, it's years since I've worked purely in charcoal. Quite fancy doing some black and white after all this colour. Mm. So, again, all change. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, have a, have a yeah. good time in the studio. Thank you. I'll keep, be keeping my fingers crossed that the... Is it the last two boards you're waiting for? Yeah, just the last two panels. Yeah. That are a meter square. So um, fingers crossed when they turn up. I know. But I've got some smaller work that I've done. So it is literally those last two panels that will be the last main bit. Just keep keep your energy levels up and keep it going. Yeah. Just, just a few more yeah. weeks and you'll be done. Yeah, and the Epsom salt baths. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have a lovely week. Yeah, and you. Take care. See you then. Take care. Yeah. Lots of love. Bye. 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 Smoke and sandwich.